Welcome to Bible Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milliken, and today we will be reading Job chapters 32 through 34 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org plan. The book of Job, chapter 32, introduction. Job and his three companions had reached an impasse. Job insisted that he had done nothing so wrong that it deserved the punishment he got, and none of his friends could pry out of him a confession of wrongdoing. Now, a fifth person, named Elihu son of Barakel the Buzite, enters the debate, impressed by no one, and takes the argument in a new direction. In this chapter, Elihu rebukes Job's three friends. Chapter 32 So these three men ceased to answer Job, because he was righteous in his own eyes. Then the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barakel, the Buzite, of the family of Ram, was kindled against Job. His wrath was kindled because he justified himself rather than God. Also, his wrath was kindled against his three friends because they had found no answer and yet had condemned Job. Now, Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were older than he. When Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, his wrath was kindled. Elihu, the son of Barakel the Buzite, answered, I am young, and you are very old. Therefore, I held back and didn't dare show you my opinion. I said, days should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man and the Spirit of the Almighty gives them understanding. It is not the great who are wise, nor the aged who understand justice. Therefore I said, listen to me, I also will show my opinion. Behold, I waited for your words, and I listened for your reasoning while you searched out what to say. Yes, I gave you my full attention. But there was no one who convinced Job, or who answered his words among you. Beware, lest you say we have found wisdom. God may refute him, not man. For he has not directed his words against me, neither will I answer him with your speeches. They are amazed. They answer no more. They don't have a word to say. Shall I wait? because they don't speak, because they stand still and answer no more, I also will answer my part, and I also will show my opinion, for I am full of words. The spirit within me constrains me. Behold, my breast is as wine which has no vent, like new wineskins. It is ready to burst. I will speak that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. Please don't let me respect any man's person, neither will I give 
flattering titles to any man, for I don't know how to give flattering titles, or else my maker would soon take me away. Because Job had humiliated his three friends, they no longer had the stomach to respond to him. But God still had a message to deliver, and so his spirit found a new vessel for the task. Elihu states, For I am full of words, the spirit within me constrains me. Behold, my breast is as wine which has no vent. Like new wineskins, it is ready to burst. I will speak, that I may be refreshed. I will open my lips and answer. You may recall Jesus' parable of the wineskins from Matthew chapter 9. Neither do people put new wine into old wineskins or else the skins would burst and the wine be spilled and the skins ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins and both are preserved. Elihu's handicap is opposite to that of Job's wise friends. While they were confident, even arrogant in their wisdom, Elihu is timid and requires coaxing by the Spirit before he's able to articulate his argument. This coaxing takes the form of spiritual pressure building within him, similar to the fermentation of new wine within a wineskin. The author of Job introduces this man as Elihu son of Barakel the Buzite of the family of Ram. It's curious that we know more about Elihu than about any of Job's three friends. Perhaps Elihu has a close relationship with the author of this book. The Book of Job, Chapter 33 Introduction The young Elihu is not used to speaking in public, but the Holy Spirit gives him what words he needs to convey God's message, that he sometimes uses pain to get man's attention. God wants to redeem you, but are you listening to him? In this chapter, Elihu rebukes Job. Chapter 33 However, Job, please hear my speech and listen to all my words. See now, I have opened my mouth. My tongue has spoken in my mouth. My words will utter the uprightness of my heart. That which my lips know, they will speak sincerely. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. If you can, answer me. Set your words in order before me and stand up. Behold, I am toward God even as you are. I am also formed out of the clay. Behold, my terror will not make you afraid, neither will my pressure be heavy on you. Surely you have spoken in my hearing. I have heard the voice of your words saying, I am clean, without disobedience. I am innocent, neither is there iniquity in me. Behold, he finds occasions against me and counts me for his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks he marks all my paths. Behold, I will answer you. In this you are not just, for God is greater than man. Why do you strive against him? Because he doesn't give account of any of his matters? 
For God speaks once, yes, twice, though man pays no attention. In a dream, in a vision of the night, then deep sleep falls on men, in slumbering on the bed. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. He is chastened also with pain on his bed, with continual strife in his bones, so that his life abhors bread and his soul dainty food. His flesh is so consumed away that it can't be seen. His bones that were not seen stick out. Yes, his soul draws near to the pit and his life to the destroyers. If there is beside him an angel, an interpreter, one among a thousand to show to man what is right for him, then God is gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. His flesh will be fresher than a child's. He returns to the days of his youth. He prays to God and he is favorable to him so that he sees his face with joy. He restores to man his righteousness. He sings before men and says, I have sinned and perverted that which is right and it didn't profit me. He has redeemed my soul from going into the pit my life will see the light. Behold, God does all these things twice, yes, three times with a man, to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be enlightened with the light of the living. Mark well, Job, and listen to me. Hold your peace and I will speak. If you have anything to say, answer me. Speak, for I desire to justify you. If not, listen to me. Hold your peace, and I will teach you wisdom. Elihu is the first among Job's audience who rightly diagnoses his condition. Verse 21 reads, His flesh is so consumed away that it can't be seen. His bones that were not seen stick out. Yes, his soul draws near to the pit and his life to the destroyers. Job suffers not because he committed a crime against God, but rather because his soul draws near to the pit and his life to the destroyers. There is a sickness within his soul, and Job's experience is the beginning of God's cure for his soul's sickness. What cure? God will send a messenger. If there is beside him an angel, an interpreter, one among a thousand to show to man what is right for him, then God is gracious to him and says, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. In the case of Job, it is Elihu who plays the role of this messenger. The book of Job, chapter 34, Introduction. 
Elihu has no great reputation, but his analysis of Job's position shows divinely inspired wisdom. Like Job's other friends, Elihu assumes that God is just, but unlike those friends, Elihu does not waste energy trying to guess what Job might have done wrong. Instead, he focuses on the simple fact that Job is accusing God of misconduct. How foolish! Perhaps the situation calls for a little more humility. In this chapter, Elihu confirms God's justice. Chapter 34 Moreover, Elihu answered, Hear my words, you wise men. Give ear to me, you who have knowledge. For the ear tries words as the palate tastes food. Let us choose for us that which is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am righteous. God has taken away my right. Notwithstanding my right, I am considered a liar. My wound is incurable, though I am without disobedience. What man is like Job, who drinks scorn like water, who goes in company with the workers of iniquity and walks with wicked men? For he has said, It profits a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. Therefore, listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man he will render to him and cause every man to find according to his ways. Yes, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert justice. Who put him in charge of the earth, or who has appointed him over the whole world? If he set his heart on himself, if he gathered to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would turn again to dust. If now you have understanding, hear this. Listen to the voice of my words. Should even one who hates justice govern? Will you condemn him who is righteous and mighty, who says to a king vile or to nobles wicked? He doesn't respect the persons of princes, nor respect the rich more than the poor, for they all are the work of his hands. In a moment they die, even at midnight. The people are shaken and pass away. The mighty are taken away without a hand. For his eyes are on the ways of a man. He sees all his goings. There is no darkness nor thick gloom where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. For he doesn't need to consider a man further that he should go before God in judgment. He breaks mighty men in pieces in ways past finding out and sets others in their place. Therefore, he takes knowledge of their works. He overturns them in the night so that they are destroyed. He strikes them as wicked men in the open sight of others. 
because they turned away from following him and wouldn't pay attention to any of his ways so that they caused the cry of the poor to come to him. He heard the cry of the afflicted. When he gives quietness, who then can condemn? When he hides his face, who then can see him? He is over a nation or a man alike, that the godless man may not reign, that there be no one to ensnare the people. For has any said to God, I am guilty, but I will not offend any more. Teach me that which I don't see. If I have iniquity, I will do it no more. Shall his recompense be as you desire that you refuse it? For you must choose, and not I. Therefore, speak what you know. Men of understanding will tell me, yes, every wise man who hears me, Job, speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. I wish that Job were tried to the end because of his answering like wicked men, for he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. Elihu suspects that Job might have done something to trigger his divine punishment, but Elihu is humble enough to admit he doesn't know what. Job's argument does sound persuasive. He has done nothing wrong, yet God is still punishing him. And when he looks around him, he sees wicked men getting away with wicked deeds. But Elihu is not convinced. Job has made the same argument as any godless man. Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. I wish that Job were tried to the end because of his answering like wicked men, for he adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, please. Give us humility so that we may find wisdom in the face of tragedy. When we ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why do good things happen to bad people? We simply want to live in a just world. But there's an even deeper wish. Please, God, remove from my heart my own unjust desires. Please heal me from my own spiritual wounds so that I can see your kingdom through your eyes with a soft heart full of gratitude and forgiveness. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe so that we can send you timely updates and join us for our next episode where we will be reading Job chapters 35 through 37. Where is God my maker? This is Arthur Milliken saying good night and God bless.